0: Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Malexo. In today's discussion, we're going to be talking about project management. We'll talk about Agile, we'll talk about Scrum, and we'll get deeper into what these terminologies mean and deeper in terms of project management methodology. Today's discussion will be led by our senior consultant, Ken Cramey, who brings with him many, many, many years of experience in the world of project management. So without further ado, over to you, Ken. Thank you very much for leading this discussion.
1: My name is Ken Cramie and, and I am a past partner of Coopers Management Consulting and, and had the, uh, the honor of being the project manager and sometimes the project director of a variety, many, many different types of, of projects over about 15 years and then subsequently in my own boutique project management uh, consultancy. Similarly did uh, large-scale waterfall projects and also what we're gonna talk about today is some Agile Scrum project management for smaller projects. So uh, some of what I'll, I'll say today may be controversial and that's fine and I, I hope that I get challenged on it and uh, so that we can, can take it to the next level in terms of, of discussing uh, some of the trade-offs um, regarding project management. So my general outline of this to for discussing today is uh, why is the choice of project management approach uh, important? Uh, What are the choices of project management uh, approaches? And we'll do a little bit of a deep dive into a few of those. Uh, How does one implement effective agile uh, project management? Uh, Because that's one that uh, probably some people are not as familiar with. And then uh, finally come away with some uh, summary takeaways. So, uh, so that's our agenda to today. And we'll start out, uh, as appropriate, with uh, why is the choice of project management uh, important? Uh, with the, the different choices that we have in terms of approaches. So can I get you to put up uh, the first slide, Peter, please?
0: No problems at all. So I'm just about to share my screen with
1: everybody. Uh, no, So the, the first one is going to be, uh, it has some numbers on it for, it probably was the last one in that sequence that you showed me. There we go. All right. Is it possible to blow that up a little bit to, to get it closer or is that hard? Yeah. 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 So here, here are some numbers around uh, efficient uh, project management. Uh, actually, can you blow it up even a little bit more than, than that? Okay. Um, as we, we've seen here, project management, you, you can't live with it and you can't live without it. It's, uh, it's really important uh, as we've come to find out on whether it's construction projects, whether it's IT development projects, whether it's business uh, rollout projects of new initiatives. So, but unfortunately at least 32% of projects fail uh, due to, to poor management. And then 68% of the projects fail to meet deadlines, budgets and and uh, the quality expectations. Um, over 97%, this is a, a, amazing, of uh, businesses believe that project management is essential for, for success, but they sometimes can't quite, uh, quite find the key or the things that need to be prioritized to be put in place. Uh, 80% of high-performing projects are led by project managers with qualifications. And we'll talk a little bit about those different types of qualifications. Um, And uh, we happen uh, among the group here to have uh, ones who are certified within uh, the Project Management Institute, uh, Project Management Professional, Portfolio Management Professional, and also some Scrum Master types of uh, certifications for Agile Scrum projects. So uh, we'll talk with some some case studies and examples of those that that shows why there is that formal training that is sometimes uh, helpful to have. And then on average, a large uh, IT projects run 45% over budget. Uh, and sometimes if, if you've been around Queensland and Queensland Health, you, you see that it's uh, exponentially larger than that. Can,
0: so, I, can I jump in and just ask please. a question here? Um, what, what, I, uh, what I found is that often people tend to think, and this is just sort of the standard business owner who hasn't got project management experience, they haven't gone to uni to study this or have done any courses, I often think that project management only applies if you're constructing something. So whether it be constructing a building, for example, or constructing a piece of software or website. Um, So can we apply project management to things other than when we're building things, or is is it just to, to that?
1: No, definitely. There's a lot of business initiatives, business projects, uh, whether it's the the redesign of, of certain um, of certain uh, marketing campaigns and of of different uh, KPI accountabilities, et cetera, anything that has a lot of complex moving parts that involves people, systems, roles and responsibilities, et cetera. That, those are the ones that in which a type of formality like project management is, is really helpful uh, because it makes sense and gives a framework for understanding all of those moving parts and be able to anticipate some of the issues and the conflicts that, that come up. So, yes, it can uh, apply and it does apply uh, to actual physical assets. But also to to uh, things like business initiatives.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So basically, in essence, if it, if I can think of it this way, project management is a way of taking potentially a set of tasks with maybe subtasks and uh, putting a framework around it so that we are in a better situation or better position to achieve the goal that we want to achieve. Yes,
1: that's right. And some smaller clients that I've had here on on the Gold Coast, for example, um, had some projects, for example, at a a telco company, in which they were rolling out uh, a new uh, telco package to to their consumers. And unfortunately, what they did, they didn't really have visibility as to where they were in terms of that rollout. And they had the, the team's not working together, but in fact, the sales people not knowing what the marketing people were were doing, uh, the people that were keeping track of of the the customers and the data uh, associated with those those key customers, uh, they weren't uh, collaborating effectively. And so by putting a project management framework around that, that gave some more certainty and be able to bring some predictability associated with what are the tasks to be done and even anticipating some of the risks that uh, that could arise and nipping those in the, the bud be, uh, because sometimes projects do not go perfectly ever and probably Farah can, can a- a- attest to that. Uh, but the key is being able to get the team aligned and get the project back on on track in in terms of of its progress and accomplishing business objectives.
2: And Ken, it's a very good point that you bring up. The, The visibility, the alignment is very important. A lot of times, if your key players are not working together, people walk away from a meeting, from a discussion with a whole different set of assumptions and that can cause so many problems The understandings of the project and where they are and the deliverables and how to go about it can be so vastly different, and you don't realize that until much later down the line, which can completely derail your project. So I think alignment is very important, which is your project manager.
1: Yes. And just to to finish off on why is it important? Some of those complex moving parts uh, have been formalized in terms of the uh, project management institutes of PMP framework, the project management uh, professional, there, there's about 12 different dimensions uh, of project management. And that in, includes uh, stakeholder management, communication management, schedule management, resource management, risk management, quality management, uh, the integration of all of those, et cetera. So those are the all of the complex parts, which even if you have a small project, you, you, you may say, well, isn't that overkill? for for my project and yes you don't have to bring the uh a formalism or over engineer it in terms of addressing those things or documenting those things but it's being aware of those things so that you can have an, an integrated and proactive plan that when it starts to to go um or have challenges or difficulties that you can get it back on track so Some of the choices of project management approaches, then, is is to use, as in big construction projects, uh, more of a a traditional waterfall uh, approach. Um, And then the other one that we'll talk about is is an agile or scrum approach. And we've all heard the the word agile here recently, and so we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive there. So, Peter, can I ask you to, to bring up the uh, waterfall and Agile methods? Um, yeah, the, uh, that's, that's good. Maybe the one that has more of the flow, uh, the waterfall. Yeah, here we go. If we can oh. zoom in zoom in on that, that that's I'll great. I'll just
0: uh, add in here for anybody that's uh, listening to this on the podcast. Uh, as usual, we'll add the links or the images into the actual podcast notes themselves. Anybody watching this video on one of our channels uh, will also endeavor to put it into the channel if we can't. You'll certainly find it on the Malexo website uh, or the Ken Crane Business website as well.
1: Great. Thank you. And we won't uh, have to read every part of this, but I want to give you the flavor of the differences between Waterfall and Agile. So Waterfall is, is really staged wise, uh, understand what, what we're dealing with, define the requirements, whether it, it's uh, a blueprint of a building to be, to be done, or whether it's the implementation of a, uh, of a web portal, for example. Uh, the next stage is building it, uh, and that is, is based upon those requirements or that definition that, that you were provided in, the, in the, uh, the first stage. So some people would say it's sometimes throwing it over the, the wall from the people who do the, the definition of their requirements to, to the building. Uh, but in, in good waterfall projects, there is a good Uh, agreement in terms of what is necessary to to build and being able to uh, stay on top of any changes and in the uh, definition of those requirements. So the second stage is really building. Related to that towards the end of that is is testing uh, what you have. And that includes from user acceptance testing to system testing. And then the releasing of of that uh, of that whether it's a, a software product or a building that is is commissioned uh, to be able to then accept people into it. Uh, so that is the key element of waterfall staging. It having really precise uh, requirements, definitions, building designs that then sometimes hand it off to in certain cases other people that don't have the the same skill sets as the people in in the previous stage. Uh, This is contrasted to Agile, where it takes that type of process, but really compresses it and and squeezes it down into just the high value components that are dealt with, that are defined, built, and released. Then uh, another cycle, of define, build, release, and then another cycle. And usually these are done within uh, an agreed period of time and it can be two weeks, it can be a month, Uh, but it it is shorter periods of time that really focus upon giving part of that product that people can actually use. Mm. So those are the two contrasts between Waterfall and Agile.
0: Can I add one thing in there, uh, Ken? So the other difference between the two is actually the way that the projects are managed um, from a time frame and from a planning point of view. So traditionally with Waterfall, um, we're using the well-known Gantt chart as an example where you map out the entire project and its components over a period of time. Um, And it's quite rigid in in that sense, quite frequently used in construction, whereas within Agile, uh, it's certainly a lot more fluid and we're using, and, and you'll see it I'm sure uh, Kim will talk about it, things like Kanban boards and other mechanisms that don't sort of lock the project into these specific tasks and times that are too structured and too, uh, I guess, too rigid without that fluidity.
1: Yes, that's a very good point. And you don't need to throw away those those Gantt charts or those critical path types of, of schedules, because those still can have a play on the macro issues uh, associated uh, with a, a project. But what Agile does is really emphasizes more of the development and release of working software as opposed to a, an emphasis on documentation. Mm. Uh, another thing that's associated with this on the chart and it's probably a little bit hard for some people to do is is it, it shows that the, the risk Uh, profile of waterfall and agile is different too and in in summary um, the closer you get towards the end if there have been any changes business changes within a waterfall project it really is difficult to to change and change that code change all of the the practices and and the the impacts associated with that whereas within agile One is able to nip in the bud some of those risks, identify those, and then take those learnings to the next uh, small iteration that that is being done. So there's a diff that probably again deserves its own uh, discussion, but the risk profiles for projects with waterfall and agile are very different.
0: We just had a project go live, uh, when was it, Farah? Maybe a week ago about a week ago now, uh, where what we ended up doing was reducing the risk by looking at the agile way of doing it. And we actually did a release of the technology in two stages. So half the technology was made live, the other half the technology was still operating in the background, but not in a live environment. And we were looking at the uh, challenges as they were coming up, we were addressing them. And once we were happy with the half that was live that's when we then went live with the other component of the work and what was amazing with this is that the client i mean there's still a a few little things that we're working out but overall the clients like can't believe that things have gone so smoothly and can't believe we haven't had any real major issues when we went live with the project and that's because it's agile mechanism
1: yes
2: it, it really reconfirmed that, uh, that the way we were doing it, we, we had a more solid product, a more tried and tested and true product to go live with. So everybody, um, you know, especially the client, had a comfort feel about what we were putting out there, knowing that the system was going to crash. Um, so Ken, I have a couple of questions for you specific to this slide. In the context of a technology project, or a software development project, I see in the Agile methodology we have releases that happen periodically with smaller sets of requirements. Um, whereas I do see that the value happens let's say after a certain number of releases potentially. Um, how does that work in the real world from, from a development standpoint? Because what I have seen is a lot of times the customer is ready to have value develop you know ready, value delivered up front and that may not always be the case. So that's the first question. The second question is, I've also seen conflict as far as the way of thinking between the development team and the client, but the development team feels that they can deliver smaller chunks of code and, and go live And the client is absolutely against that. So it mm. almost seems that they're deviated in terms of methodology and delivery.
1: Mm. Yes, great, great questions. Yes, uh, the, the first one's in terms of value, there is a very different approach in in terms of waterfall versus agile, in terms of prioritizing really what gives the best bang for a buck for that that customer. And uh, I'll use that in terms of, uh, for example, a a client, a global insurance company uh, that I worked with that was developing a web portal for students coming, international students coming over here. And the web portal was allowing them to purchase services such as accommodation setting up bank accounts uh, getting airport pickup etc that would really make their initial uh, transition into australia to study a lot easier the um the the value uh what what was done in terms of first of all there was a failed attempt that they really hadn't thought through a lot of the, uh, the the project management uh, issues, and, and we can talk about that a little bit later. But to, to your question, it was, for example, delivering, um, initially, the functionality associated with CUT with the students being able to uh, enter their, their details, have access, and be able to see a menu of, of dig- different potential services. Now, what wasn't delivered um, was a lot of the reporting uh, around that, or the, the management types uh, of reports in which, in which they were able to, to be shown, uh, how many students uh, were accessing, and, and what was the time frame that they spent looking on the website, et cetera. So it really parcelled out the core functionality and prioritized that and delivered that in some showcases of release. Uh, it didn't have the, the reports or the nice-to-have compliant types of, of uh, checklists until later releases. So um, it's, it's really important to, within Agile to be able to do what is the, the uh, best bang for buck uh, up front, what are the, what's the functionality that is really going to, to be foundational initially, and what will be able to to really please the, the customer in terms of their journey in using the, that system. So, uh, and sometimes in waterfall, you might not see that with some you prod- that? Yeah. yeah, sorry. Sorry. I, I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. OK, I hear some echo here. Now. No, some- um, yeah, it on some waterfall projects sometimes you didn't have the visibility of what the student would look at uh, for maybe 12 months or even sometimes uh, uh, 18 months so prioritizing and and delivering some of that that value is, is real important and managing the expectations to your second point the expectations of the user this is a very different framework that uh, some users are not uh, accustomed to, and so and they might be thinking, well, wait a minute, that, that doesn't have all of the bells and whistles uh, associated with that initial screen, but by being able to show them the roadmap of the different releases and what they will see at different points of time with no guarantees, because sometimes within Agile, there are Issues that come up that are become blockers and are not as easy to deal with. So the other thing within Agile is one must have really an Agile mindset in terms of saying that this is what we're targeting for that first release. But you know we might not achieve all of that, but we will achieve it by the end when when we we deliver. But it uh, and what it helps us be able to understand what are some of the challenges and the workload associated. So managing expectations of whether it's the product owner uh, which they they have within Agile or the product uh, project sponsor, managing their expectations and reassuring them that here's what you're going to see at those different steps uh, is a very different way of working uh, between developers and users. Does that make sense?
2: Yes, Ken, that's very helpful. Thank you. And I think, again, we come back to the whole mindset thing, right? It's like expecting, managing expectations and managing mindsets between the different players and making sure everybody's aligned with, with what we're delivering and how we're going to go about it. That's really important.
1: Yes, yes. And the communication associated with that is key, too, because we're not going to talk a lot about it today, but that the a stakeholder management and being able to know which stakeholders wield the, the most power that's in any project whether it's waterfall or agile and being able to keep them on the journey by communicating and communicating in a way that respects their preferences is very very important and that that's independent again of waterfall or or agile
0: the other thing that i'll add in here is that in the uh, in the real world especially when we're talking about the SME environment where the business isn't a, you know, multi-billion dollar conglomerate, they've got limited budget. Um, What I found is that if you want to push forward with a bigger project that a client may need, breaking it up into small consumable pieces that has got its own little, um, I guess, budget allocated to it and a business case allocated to it uh, can actually help the business owner Uh, accept the fact that they need to spend so much money over the course of the project. And so if the project is worth, say, $100,000 and you break it down into $10,000 project lots, let's say we could, um, then the short, sharp components um, really go towards a long way of giving them that psychological, uh, I guess, confidence that they're spending the money in the right way. And so if you break it up into short pieces, and you can show value in short, sharp pieces, then it gives them that ongoing confidence to keep spending the money. Whereas if they don't see the short, sharp results, then what I've found is that there is that tendency for the client to become quite micromanagerial because they're not seeing the results. They want it to move fast because yes. they're not understanding what's happening. Um, so the other, I guess, big benefit of the agile method across all of business is that it, it helps alleviate that that issue that, that sometimes business owners have of letting go of the money yes. and uh, minimizes the micromanagement that you may have from your, your client itself.
1: That's right, spot on. And that's a very effective risk management uh, strategy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's go on to the next slide. If yes, we may. Before
2: we move on, uh, Ken, I would like to ask you a quick question related to the waterfall model. Yes. Um, according to your explanation and what I can see from the model, It's that um, beforehand, the project managers, they will need to try to take into consideration all the affecting factors around the project. Is that correct?
1: Yes. I mean, I would advocate actually for both that there is what's created is a project charter Mm -hmm. that really has the the big picture as to who the stakeholders are, what are the major risks, what's the the schedule, what's the, the budget associated with it. And so I would say for both Waterfall and Agile, one has that type of project charter that lays out the big picture and what's attempting to be accomplished.
2: Okay. And then what I guess what I would like to ask is, in case any factors that haven't been taken into consideration uh, before or during the project uh, that may arise, what would be the best scenario or the best methodology for project managers to follow and tackle these unexpected situations?
1: Yes, well, first of all, it is doing some risk management in terms of, uh, and nobody has a a complete crystal ball, but it's really being able to identify uh, on the people issues, on the technology, on uh, a variety of different dimensions, what is the severity of the potential risk and what is the probability of that? So first of all, you're going to be having, trying to anticipate that and putting in place some of the mitigation factors, which for for some, um, for example, with that insurance uh, company, it was really uh, uh, identifying that sometimes the uh, staff that were in China and the staff that were in India that were sending over a lot of of the students, um, they felt left out and they they felt like they wanted to have control. So being able to identify that as a risk that that could have some severe consequences and the likelihood was was up there, putting in place the mitigation factors that in this case, in terms of communication and periodic uh, visits to them to be able to to help keep them on the journey were, were very, very important. Now for some of those things, one isn't able to, to anticipate that. And for example, COVID is is one of those, those things. But by being able to be able, particularly for Agile, breaking it down, as Peter was just saying, into smaller chunks and giving some decision points, whether it was, is to pause or whether it's to pivot and focus on something different uh, is is another way of being able to um, be able to to change direction as required by unexpected events Uh, also being able to have some consistent meetings in terms of and i believe i am a strong believer in traffic lights in terms of saying these things are, are going well the technology build is green, and it's on track. Uh, yellow is is maybe some of the issues in terms of uh, changing some of the business policies and practices. And red is, is for example, some legal issues that, that we hadn't anticipated, whether it's like GDPR uh, mm-hmm. for this insurance company that, that re- required putting some tick boxes on screens, that if you didn't do that, then there, the uh, company who was making that website could be responsible for literally hundreds of millions of dollars of, of penalties. Actually, in that insurance project, that wasn't known up front uh, at the beginning of the project. It came up, but then it was one that we had to rally and scrum and figure out contingencies as to the impacts on the workload and the, the timing of that.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Cheers. All right. So uh,
0: which was the next one that you'd like to go to
1: the next one is the comparison of, of waterfall versus agile. Yes. And so we won't spend a lot of time on this because we've just kind of talked to this but um, this is just to highlight that there are differences between agile and, and traditional waterfall the planning scale. It, for waterfall is much longer term, and again, some of the projects uh, that I was involved with had lots of complexities of going across geographies, for example. But even ones here, even the the insurance company one, uh, potentially would have taken 18 uh, months to 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 do. Uh, whereas it's agile, the planning scale or the planning time frame was more short term, and so there was. Uh, an increment uh, that would be developed basically on a monthly basis uh, and shared with the users to get their feedback. The the other dimension or metric that that is on this slide is distance between the customer and developer. Um, And within waterfall, again, because they're kind of from one stage to the next, throwing it over the wall to the next set of team that sometimes uh, would take a while to, to get up to speed and didn't like the the, the type of documentation. Within waterfall, it, it's a shorter timeframe uh, and a shorter distance between the customer and the developer. They're able to give real feedback uh, to, to the developers and give them some, some guidance in a planned way with some trade-offs there in terms of what, if they were going to uh, to, for example, uh, spend time on the multilingual uh, aspect of the, the website, uh, as opposed to letting that come in later, then there was a trade-off that uh, the developers would spend time on that, but wouldn't work on some of the functionality associated with, for example, the shopping cart within the, uh, this web portal for the insurance. The time between specification and implementation, again, for waterfall is long, sometimes 12 to 18 months, whereas for Agile, it's much shorter. It could be two weeks to to a month. The time to discover problems sometimes uh, and to correct them, uh, sometimes with Waterfall, was was more difficult. It it would take a longer time for some of those things because it it might not be recognized uh, that some of the conflicts until testing that, that could have been scheduled for like nine months down, and so it's harder to be able to to rectify those those problems. Uh, whereas within agile, uh, there is a shorter feedback loop on that. The project schedule risk, uh, as we talked about, is, is higher on waterfall uh, because if there are changes, or or if if even sometimes the customer uh, changes what what they want. Uh, for example, within these COVID times, sometimes customers do change and their their habits may, may be very different at, um, coming out of COVID as opposed to going in. So waterfall has a harder time, not to say that they can't handle that, but they have a harder time in addressing that. Uh, Agile has a way of, of be, being able to bring those to the surface, discover them and resolve them. And finally, the ability related to that ability to respond quickly uh, to change is low for waterfall and high for for agile. Uh, so let's go to the next one real quickly in terms of the benefits. So the, the benefits are really, and let's zoom in a little bit on that. What I found probably, and it, it's really not highlighted as well as it could be on this, on this uh, figure, but you know what, what one of the most important things is that I saw the teams really being excited and being motivated in working on this, and not just uh, isolating them themselves and and saying no, it's not my job. Mm-hmm. It so it ends up in more productivity because people are multifunction, being able to be aware of what's going on during tests, being aware of of some of those initial. Rec- requirements and where they ranked in terms of their their priority. So some of in summary there's happy stakeholders at, at the end where one is able to deliver a, a product that has gone through some of the pain in in terms of revising the, those requirements and really uh, portraying it in a way that the that the stakeholders want to see it. It's more enjoyable for the team and they get to be more multifunctioned. And what I've seen is they're, they're able to contribute uh, much more. Even sometimes, as I characterize the, the nerdy data analyst that sometimes sat in his corner, uh, they oftentimes become more a part of the team and contribute earlier and stronger. Uh, we talked about visibility down in, in the lower left here. The visibility of the progress uh, is another, is related to some of the risk management. And, and that is, you really know what the issues are, as opposed to there was unfortunately one or two uh, waterfall projects that I was aware of and came in at the, at the late moment where some of the problems uh, were not anticipated and in fact were not able to be handled. And the, the testing of the system just fell over and the projects had to be be terminated. So within Agile projects, it brings much more visibility to catch those issues earlier, and to address it in a way that that the customers um, uh, really like it. Um, And along the way, the impacts in terms of the team, in terms of their productivity, the quality of work, and actually even the time to market uh, is much faster on Agile, okay? And again, this is, uh, this is Ken Crami speaking from uh, having two certifications that were challenging to, to get um, and on traditional waterfall, uh, but I've seen the, the trade-offs and when the projects are appropriate, um, particularly if, if there is a customer-centric project or marketing and sales Etc. Those really lend themselves to an agile approach. All right. One of the next steps is really how does one uh, implement this effective agile uh, management? And we might go to the next slide, Peter, which has the radar. So, in terms of different organizations, there's a lot of organizations, and this is hard to, to see. But I want you to come away with with the the concepts of this that. Some organizations have dallied with with becoming agile, and some of them um, are really mature in this space. There are projects, there are some companies like Facebook and Google and all the the big ones, but even some local ones here on, on the Gold Coast that are really doing well in terms of being able to address diverse geographic markets, be able to listen to their customers and add in those features that, that are really being looked at. So one, because every company is different, then oftentimes I found it's is helpful to have a bit of a diagnostic at the beginning that really says, where are they on that journey of, of agility, uh, maturity? And so this, this is one example of having some independent discussions and interviews with all of the staff, not not just some, not just managers or the management, uh, but all of them in terms of what do they think is the clarity uh, of the the vision uh, of the company and of the products that are being released? What's the the performance associated with it? What's the leadership? What is the culture? Is it a fun place to to work? Is one that is challenging? And what is the, the foundation? Are they doing some of the basics, uh, in a way that, that is good in terms of having meetings that, that really are productive and not a waste of time. So doing a diagnostic up front is one way of, of setting the stage for knowing which areas of, of uh, agile project management need to be emphasized. Uh, can you go on to the next one, please? The next one shows one of the the techniques, this is the physical boards, the Kanban boards. Uh, And again, it's kind of hard, but what I want you to to take away uh, from this is that instead of having it in detailed uh, requirements documentation, uh, or in terms of documents that sit on uh, the drive, somewhere that that, uh, people find it hard to access and then their eyes kind of glaze over when they see how thick that requirements document is or that design document. By being able to break down the project and what is being targeted in in terms of meeting those requirements in a very visual way can be very helpful. Uh, So this is a board in which each of those cards is broken down in terms of some uh, what they call user stories or requirements that need to be implemented and are moved from left to right across as different team members be able to take on those those tasks so a Kanban board whether it's a physical one like this or an electronic one we might go to the next slide um, is a very effective way of, of making it you know, this is really hard this is an electronic one in terms of some ones that are used by users and requirements people to talk with developers about different features that are in this case being done in terms of of implementing uh, software systems for users uh, at a travel company so In summary, what I want you to to take away is that there are ways, instead of using very heavy uh, documentation of of requirements that oftentimes people really, I found, don't like to, to read, by making it very visual and being able to prioritize it and break it down can be very helpful to have the team be aware of dealing with complex projects and what their, their responsibilities and tasks are. Does that make sense?
0: Definitely does. We, um, at the moment, we use uh, quite a, an old school way of doing it, which is Excel spreadsheeting. Yep. Um, you know, but it, but it does work really well. And uh, I think having these sort of stories and then aligning the different features and things like that against uh, you know the, the overall epic, if we can put it that way, just breaks it down and it's more palatable for everybody on the team. Yes. And it does keep the project moving forward.
1: Yes, yes. And it is very different than sometimes within waterfall projects where the receiving party in the next stage, let's say it's the design stage, that they say, wait a minute, those, those requirements or that analysis is incomplete and I really don't like it. Uh, and then there's communication that has to occur going to and froing. So making it visual like this, whether it is remotely with using some of these Kanban boards that move things along or whether it's actually physically, if one is in, in the, the same setting can be very helpful to, to keep that progress going forward and minimize the finger pointing, uh, associated with the different team members.
0: What's well, interesting about this Ken, can, is it, uh, If I put on my management consultant hat, coaching hat, and um, let's say we're working with an organization, we've developed their strategy, and as part of the strategy, we've identified that, uh, let's say they need to develop new HR processes uh, and and systems. Then what we actually do is a similar sort of a thing where you break that out as the epic, and then you, you project plan the different components on how we're going to achieve that particular epic, if we can call it like that, Uh, And and that's actually, it's interesting how we're going through this from a project management point of view, but when we're doing consulting and we're looking at uh, organizational change, we're using a similar sort of structure to make sure that we're actually achieving the goals that we we want to achieve. Yes. Uh, It's a very powerful framework that can be used across not just project management, but across all of an organization for pretty much any type of uh, task management slash change uh, process that we want to go through.
1: That's right. That's exactly right. And, and it's also something that is in common, both of waterfall and agile is what I like. And sometimes it gets ignored is having a requirements traceability, uh, matrix in terms of being able to say, here's what was said in that original business case. And here were, were the key things that needed to be in place. Here's how it was translated uh, into design. And, and it was actually implemented in this release or, or at some other point. Uh, and here's where it has been tested. So that requirements matrix, traceability matrix, can be important to make sure that it is meeting the original uh, expectations. But there is an audit trail of if things have changed, then there is a, and there has been a that. Repriorit- reprioritization of that, then it's very clearly known to everyone and users don't feel left out or feel like, okay, there is that history of understanding why uh, this component is left out at this uh, point in time. Mm -hmm. So some of the summary key takeaways that I'd like you to take away from today's uh, session is, first of all, project management is important because there's lots of moving parts uh, the choice of project management uh, approaches is is very important, whether it's waterfall in, t- in terms of uh, development of a large construction projects, or whether it is, is trialing uh, the agile scrum types of, of project approaches that gives faster feedback. Um, training in the project management for the team is a critical success factor in any case, whether you're going, you're going to do it. Uh, traditionally and what the role is what the, what the methodology is that's using in waterfall going from define to build to release uh, and definitely in terms of, of agile because there are new roles that, that people play there are new artifacts uh, documentation which is much less but it is still very important uh, to have that audit trail of certain key documentation such as the prioritization of of the backlog or or product uh, list. Uh, And finally, Agile approaches, in in my opinion and in my experience, brings out the best in uh, in team members' contributions, uh, provides better motivation and morale and and ends up resulting in in better uh, professionals uh, and provides increments of delivery that then users can say yes, hand on heart that is really what I'm wanting and that really it excites me so uh, the agile approach I encourage you even if, if your organization has had a commitment to a waterfall uh, there are ways of trialing this with smaller uh, projects maybe on more on the edge of the organization uh, but sometimes in the in the middle of the organization the core of the organization as long as there's an understanding that we're going to give it, a try for these different roles, different uh, approaches. So I, I hope that's been helpful. It, it's a big topic in terms of project management, uh, but uh, I wanted to share my biases that after years of experience, decades if I might say, uh, it's really gotten me to appreciate some of the agile approaches that brings out the best in people.
0: I think uh, you, you've hit it on the head uh, there, Ken. And one thing that I want to add, this is for the business owner that's uh, watching this or that's listening. Um, and please don't think that I'm trying to create this cult around agile because I'm, I'm in Ken's, you know, uh, court as well. I think agile is, is pretty powerful. It's quite a phenomenal uh, tool, but it's also a really powerful way of thinking. And so we're not going to talk here about, you know, mindset and those sort of things, but agile is actually a way of thinking and it's a mindset. So if you're a business owner, I strongly recommend get familiar with project management in terms of agile, but also start uh, having a think about and exploring the concept of agile from a general uh, organization point of view. So agile methodologies in terms of the way you think, the way you apply yourself within the business, the type of decision making you make using an agile framework. um, Because when you've got an agile framework within the business, when we have things like COVID happen, you're quickly able to adapt regroup, regather, and go in a different direction. Whereas if you're blocked off and you, if your thinking is uh, non-agile and not, not speedy enough, if I can put it that way, that's when organizations land in hot water when you've got things like uh, COVID come. So maybe that's something that we should talk about at some stage, uh, Ken, in terms of yes. agile being a mindset and a way of living within the business itself. Um, but it goes beyond project management and it's a, it's a powerful way of thinking as a business owner.
1: Well said, Peter.
2: If I may, Peter, add a couple more agenda items for the next project management discussion we have. Um, I'd really like to hear about Ken's experience with agile and remote teams, especially now, as you said, with COVID, Mm -hmm. people are having to work from home, not just within the same town, but also across the world. So it will be really interesting to hear if Ken has worked with teams Mm -hmm. across the world globally and and even close remote to see how how they have implemented agile and um, the other thing that that I have read about, you know, as I've been doing um, like a deeper dive into Agile, is a transition from waterfall to Agile, and mm-hmm. what does that look like? And also, I um, it was interesting because I read something about blend projects where people have implemented pieces of both approaches, both methodologies. So I'm curious to know how does that work in the real world? You know, mm-hmm. is that successful? Yeah. You know, where would you use it, and how would you use it? Um, I'd be, uh, you know, curious to know how, how it works in
1: reality. Yes, yes. And it, on your first point, um, it will be helpful or, or might be interesting to uh, for me to share a project with Telstra uh, dealing with with a, a fairly sophisticated uh, new software-defined network type of, of product, and uh, the teams were in the Ukraine and. In Russia itself, and there was a little bit of antagonism uh, between those two. Uh, In India, uh, in Silicon Valley, and in Melbourne. And uh, dealing with uh, remote teams there, uh, in summary, really required a lot of understanding of of what respective roles were, uh, encouraging people to really participate in in those phone calls and the the daily scrums in in terms of, and keeping them just to, uh, in certain cases, 15 minutes, as opposed to letting them go on for an hour and a half, uh, and being able to use effectively some of the automated tools or the uh, collaboration tools, which uh, in, in certain cases was like uh, Microsoft Azure DevOps. Uh, so, uh, so there is a way of dealing with those teams, dealing with very talented folks in the, U- in the Ukraine and Russia and India and uh, Silicon Valley and Melbourne, Um, But it does take a a bit of organization early on to make sure that one uh, is aligned in expectations of how productive those daily phone calls are and in the review of of progress In, in their case was every two weeks.
2: And something i 'd like to put on the cards if that 's possible it 's a kind of like a selfish thing, but i 'm on sort of a runaway project right now <laughs> that was meant to be agile from the developer 's point of view um, it's it 's certainly waterfall from the client 's point of view, and uh, to be honest there 's just no there 's been no project management at all, so no matter what methodology yes. the different teams thought they were implementing. Um, the, the project is in such a state right now that we're having to go back to analysis while we should be getting ready for release and testing. So yes. um, it would be good to dissect projects like those for, yes. you know, for the business owners because these are real-world situations that we do get involved in and have to sort of take control, take some steps back just to be able to move the project forward. So I think that would be helpful.
1: Yes, yes at times I've had to do some uh, project autopsies uh, which it sounds like you're not there yet, which is good.
2: Uh, <laughs> I'm hoping not.
1: <laughs> but but there, there are different... Uh, there are those interviews with, with people to understand what are some of the root causes of uh, 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 with the, the difficulties in the progress. And sometimes those radars can be, be interesting as long as people know that what they're saying is really anonymous uh, and be able to find out what are the strengths that, that have been occurring and what are the areas that are really off track. So by using those radars and and anonymous uh, interviews, as long as they really are anonymous, uh, can be very helpful to to then restructuring uh, the the projects. Uh, So it's never too late until they they finally kill the project and then there's the next iteration uh, of the project that is uh, possible.
2: Yeah, this project's definitely not going to be, be dying as such. We, we just have to find a way to get to the finish line. But, you know, these are real world situations. Um, this is a smaller scale project. So it's not one of those multi-billion dollar companies. Um, so it's just interesting to see how we can get the teams aligned and, and sort of get to that, you know, light at the end of the tunnel, but we're not there yet. We're, we're in the middle of things right now. So it's uh, it's a fun situation to talk about. Yes. Uh, not fun for the business owner for sure, nor the developers, but uh, you know, challenging for a project manager to get their arms around it and make it through.
1: Yes. Let's do talk, talk about that offline.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Cheers.
0: Fantastic. So, Ken, thank you very much for that presentation and really taking us through uh, project management methodology. I think I know I've got a lot more questions, and I think the team does as well, and they'll be really good for, for future videos. I'd like to say for anybody that's watching these videos, listening to this on our podcast channel, if you do have any questions around anything that Ken discuss, please reach out to us. Ken's contact details will be in the description section. And also if you're looking for a team that can really help you from a project management point of view, we can certainly help you. We're a group of collaborative professionals who work together on various client engagements Ranging from strategy development through to project management, full transformational changes, etc. So, if you need assistance with your organization within your business, reach out to any one of us, we're always here to help you.